0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now... Here is Pastor Albert with today's word.
1: Today's message, we know it's Palm Sunday, amen, but today's message is entitled, The Cult, the Crowd, and the Children, and God has already started. If you were here for our morning prayer, we had the whole children's ministry come up and pray for our children. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 21. Verses 1 through 16. Matthew 21, if you have it, say, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. And the word of the Lord says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey-tied and a colt with her. There's two animals. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the colt, two animals, laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. Of Galilee here's where it starts to get difficult hallelujah then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who brought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves our Lord does not play games especially in the house of the living God. We don't play games up in here. (laughs) Praise God. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And then the blind and the lame came to him in, the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, the children knew who he was. They were indignant and said to him, do you hear These are saying, and Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Glory to God. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning. Glory to God. As a preacher of God's Word, I find the holiday sermons are the most difficult sermons to share with the brethren. If you've been at church for any period of time, and if you've been to any Palm Sunday church service, guess what? We're going to talk about the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ. But God is so faithful. That every single year he gives me fresh yes. bread from heaven. Oh, Glory oh, to yeah. God. 85 to 90% of the time people come to church on the holy week. And we, we come to hear the sermons. And, and right away we start to get drowsy. And we start to get lethargic a little bit. And we start to get lulled. And within 10 to 15 minutes we say, ah, I heard all this before. And we start dozing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, from Galilee, hallelujah, mighty God in heaven, I pray that your eyes are wide awake today. Don't miss your appointment. Don't miss your visitation. God has a word to deliver your soul. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about you. Praise God right now. Hallelujah. You made it into the message. Praise God. Today, Saints of the Most High, is Palm Sunday. This is the time of year where churches all over the world, all Christians everywhere, begin to reflect on the triumphant entry, Jesus, the hope of glory. We know that this event took place during the time of Passover. Passover is one of the most important feasts in Israel. At the time, there has been hundreds of thousands of people that would come and commune and gather in the city of God, Jerusalem. They were making their pilgrimage and so was our Lord. Palm Sunday is known as the triumphant entry. In every Bible, there's a bold heading. It says the triumphant entry of Christ. This is where the king. The king of kings enters the city of God where he will rule forever and ever. Glory to God. Where the throne of David will never cease. The the loin of David, this is the seed of David coming in as king, as Messiah, into his own city. Let me bring your attention, right? Let me translate you back a couple years according to Sister Cynthia's message. Praise God. Three years ago, there was another king, a false king, that tried to come in and take over the land. And for a little while, this king was successful. This fake king was successful enough to come in and start changing everybody's way of life. And this king came in and brought fear and dread and anxiety and brought sickness and illness and even death with him and he thought he was a king and even called himself corona (laughs) do you know that in spanish the word corona means crown and it was around this time march april three years ago that corona rode in and everything changed from that point on to this day there are still churches that are closed because of corona the fake king the wannabe king, and then this king had several mutation spirits. Oh, micron, uh-huh. delta four, delta delta thing, whatever the delta variant. I keep saying delta force, hallelujah. But it was trying to be militant, monkeypox, and all kinds of other stuff, and people, even the church we're bowing down to this foolishness. Sister Cynthia preached on Psalm 91. And you know, we talk about no plague shall befall me, no pestilence shall come to my household. You know, either we live the word or we don't. And even if something did happen, this will not overtake me. The gates of hell shall not overtake me. Right? The Hebrew boys in the fire, they said... Man, you could throw me in the fire, and my God is able to deliver me from the flames. But even if he don't, I'm still not going to bow down to your false little God. Bring it. And they threw him in the fire, three boys. And then the king was so angry, so upset after heating up the furnace seven times hotter. And he goes, wait a minute, did we not throw three dudes in there? And there's one in there that looks like the Son of God. The Son of God. Bright as the morning stars. And then they didn't even come out of the fire. They was chilling with Jesus. Glory to God. Can you imagine that? And their hair, not even a hair was singed. No smoke. The smell of smoke wasn't even on their body. And the king, they didn't come out until the king said, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, come on out of the flames. They said, oh, Jesus, we got to go. They're calling us. But it was nice chilling with you. Thank you, Lord, for sparing us. Praise God. To God be the glory. And they came out. And the king said, now that is the real God. You know, when you start worshiping the real God, even your enemies, those that want to kill you, even your enemies start saying, something. Hey, hey, look, I don't like them. I can't stand them." But there's something about that brother right there. He got a little connection. Something happening. There's a little connection. Connection. I need to hang with that brother. I need. I need to get some of that rubbing off on me. Hallelujah. So I can change this stank attitude that I got. Hallelujah. But that's a message for another day. Praise God. somebody. I'll bring it another week, I promise. Hallelujah. But many to this day still bow down to those fake rules of that wicked fake king. There are still people, I'm sorry to say, still people at home right now watching this live stream as I speak. And I say this respectfully and in love. But out of fear of corona or a micron or monkey pox or whatever, and they'd rather stay home and watch TV, for, uh, uh, the service from home. I, I love this. If you've ever, look, my kids and I, on Christmas, we have a tradition. We go every Christmas morning. We, we come downstairs. We, we, and now kids are adult kids now, praise God. But we put on the Yule Log on channel 11. How many got the fake fireplace? Hey, am I the only one we don't put on the fake fire log with the Christmas songs? Chestnuts roasty on an open fire and the fire's crackling. You ever try going up to the TV and going like this? What happens? Nothing. Nothing. Zero, Papa. You could look like the fireplace you could even have sounds as a crackling fireplace, but you got no temperature, hallelujah. You can have degrees on the wall and not have no temperature, hallelujah. You need the fire of God, fire, fire, right? breathe on me, the breath of heaven, fire of the Holy Ghost. And, and I'm telling you the truth, yes, the presence of God will go right through the screen, but there's nothing like rubbing elbows, even if it's tight in here, there's nothing like rubbing elbows and getting sweaty and coming to church all prim and proper and going home looking like a jacked up raccoon that just went out in the trash heap and tried to get dinner and scraps, hallelujah, where all the mascara's all jacked up. And they say, where did you go? What happened to you? I went to church, hallelujah. I went to church. Man, I don't want to go to that church. Praise God. You better, reckon, you better recognize. My wife always with the 2 finger. You better recognize. Do you know why it's important to come to church? Because this is the place where Corona is defeated. Hey! I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. This is the place where Omicron don't have no con. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the place where Delta Force is Delta Farce. Hallelujah. This is a place where monkey pox can go and kick rocks. Hallelujah. This is a place where healing and deliverance takes place. Hallelujah. And you don't have to be afraid. You come in. I don't care if you got cancer. You're walking out home without cancer. I don't care what you have. You're walking out of here made whole and complete. This is the hospital for the people of God. This is the place where the demons can't even touch you. Because once you get the brethren worshiping God up in here, hallelujah, they run in terror. The tormentors are tormented by the praises of God's people. Hallelujah. I've got probably about 20 minutes credit, just saying. Amen. Hallelujah. I got credit. Praise God. So don't be manifesting. Hallelujah. I want to start out this message by saying that Jesus, our Lord, he did not celebrate Easter. Jesus celebrated Passover. He did not celebrate Easter. Easter is a pagan holiday in this church. We do not even use the name Easter up in here. Hallelujah. What do we call it, church? Resurrection Sunday. Bam. Hallelujah. And if you don't know why we call it Resurrection Sunday, I invite you to come to our Resurrection Sunday service where we're going to break it all down for you. This is a yearly thing we do in this house. It has become tradition We teach people the truth about this holiday that has deceived so many people. Jesus here, the triumphant entry, him and his disciples are approaching Jerusalem. This marked the beginning of the end, but it also marked a new beginning. There was a fixed trial. That means a fixed, fake, phony, lying, deceitful trial, which ended in a crucifixion. All these things lay ahead. Thank you, man of God. But then, after all these tactics of man, God would resurrect his one and only son from the grave. And he would defeat death. He would defeat Hades and Sheol. He would take the keys of sin and death. And be the owner of it all. And then he says. These are the keys to the kingdom. And I give them to you today. And whatever you bind on earth. Shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth. Shall be loosed in heaven. And the gates of hell. Shall not prevail against thee. Hallelujah. Against the church of Jesus Christ. What a mighty God. Mighty God. Let me give you a brief history praise the living god i need some help here there we go praise god by the time jesus is coming into jerusalem his fame went throughout the whole land jesus was extremely famous at this time how many know that when people start getting healed blind people start seeing and lame people start walking deaf people start hearing and mute people start speaking and shouting the name of jesus Christ? How many know that automatically that word travels fast and you start getting the following? Jesus went viral. (laughs) That's the term, right? Social media. He went viral. The word word spread like wildfire. And everybody started coming. Everybody wanted to know about him. They had to see him. Some had to pull through the crowds just to touch the hem of his garments. And everybody, even the little children wanted to see him. The Bible says he had no beauty that he would be desired or that people would be attracted to him. He was not a good-looking guy. But how many know that even an ugly, not good-looking person full of the Holy Ghost can move mountains, can tell demons to go right back to the abyss, hallelujah, that could cure diseases and be moved by the Spirit of God. God uses anyone that desires to be used. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the wouldn't sees and couldn't seize. They hated him. They wanted to kill him. Many of the people followed him because they ate the fish and ate of the bread. Many were cured and healed and, and, and delivered from demons. The lame walked. Everybody came to him. They needed to be near him, to see him, to Be exposed to this glory and to this power. And Jesus was very strategic in how he chose to enter into the city. He chose to come to Jerusalem during Passover. Again, Passover is one of the most celebrated holidays and festivals in the Jewish culture. Everyone from everywhere would be in Jerusalem on that celebration feast. The triumphant entry of Jerusalem or into Jerusalem was spoken about by the prophet Zechariah and Jesus knew his entrance was a fulfillment of prophecy. Listen to this in Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just. And having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I'm going to explain that in a few short moments. The Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, would be from the lineage, the loin of David, and he will come right into the city. Praise the Lord. There's some interesting observations that I want to point out. The disciples, the donkey, And some of these details that are very important. I'm going to give you three points in this message this morning. The first is the cult. It was was to be brought by the disciples to Jesus. Secondly, the crowds. The crowds' praises. They're going to ring out along with the palm branches and the clothing on the street. And lastly, the children who were wiser than all of them put together. Amen? Amen? Let's jump in. Number one, the colt. Verses two through seven in our passage this morning. Jesus gave his disciples a set of instructions and he said, Go to the village and you will find a donkey and a colt tied to a fence. Loose them and bring them to me. I want to make this point known and so people would understand. When there's a donkey and a colt, That means there's two animals. Amen? It's plural. There are two animals. Matthew's account in the Gospels is the only account that talks about a donkey and a colt. It's very important that you understand this. Mark and Luke only speak of a colt. And they speak of Jesus riding in on a colt. Alright? It's very important. Does that mean... That the account in Mark or Luke are lying because they left out the donkey? Certainly not. Matthew's account is much more detailed, whereas Mark and Luke's account mention only the cult and some of the details that are uh, uh, important to the story. Mark and Luke, though, never deny the existence of the donkey. It's just not mentioned. Let me give you a brief example. If you have... Some friends come to your house. Let's say you invite Junebug, Papa, and Tito to your house for dinner. And somebody comes to you and says, hey, was Tito at your house for dinner on Friday night? You say, yeah, Tito was there. Great, cool, peace out. You walk out. Now, you did not say that Junebug and Papa were there, but did you lie to that person? No. Did you leave out any important information? No, you weren't trying to deceive nothing. What you did is you answered a simple question, a direct answer for a direct question. So a lot of times people say, oh, there's contradictions in the word contradiction. There's no contradiction. Praise God. The answer was given and that was it. That was the important detail that needed to be known. Uh, It's believed that by many scholars that Jesus may have in fact ridden on the colt and the donkey on his way into Jerusalem. Let me tell you why. A small colt would probably not be able to withstand an entire journey with a grown man on his back. It was still small, and it was still a a, a little baby foal, right, the foal of a donkey. The donkey would then be ridden to carry the full weight a lot longer. Remember, a a donkey could carry almost up to a 1,000 pounds on their back. They were used as working animals. Zechariah, if you read it carefully, Zechariah's prophecy mentions Jesus riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. In other words, two animals. Amen? So this confirms the prophetic word by the prophet Zechariah. This is where it starts to get interesting. The disciples were told to loosen both of them and bring them to Jesus. Their answer was to be, If anybody asks you, tell them the Lord has need of them. Now, a donkey is known as a stubborn animal. The donkey has the reputation of being stubborn. In fact, now stop tripping. I'm going to get real hardcore here. The donkey is called an ass in the Bible. It's a stubborn ass. So don't throw rocks at the pastor. It's in the word. Amen. (laughs) But these two stubborn animals, even though they were to be brought to the Lord, they were were unbroken. That means they remained stubborn and they remained in the manner that they were created. Unbroken donkey, unbroken colt. That means no one has ever ridden on it. They were never broken you know when you break a horse that means you break the horse's will for a horse to be broken that means he has to be broken enough so that the rider could go on his back they could put the bit and bridle or bridle in his mouth and they could steer him and pull him back whoa horsey and stop and he'll listen to the command of the rider but in order for the horse to be broken there's a process and I ain't pretending to be no cowboy. Hallelujah. I was born with bow-legged, praise God, but I ain't a cowboy. Amen? So I don't know how to break a horse, but I tell you what, when the horse is broken, the horse becomes obedient. But the cowboy has to break the will because the horse is still strong and it can buck and throw you off and you can literally get jacked up. But Jesus said, bring them to me. That means bring them the unbroken, stubborn animals to me. I'm going somewhere with this. Hallelujah. And he told his disciples to go and bring those stubborn, unbroken animals to me. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone starts manifesting, tripping asking questions, and minding their own business, you just tell them, hey, the Lord has need of them. Praise God. The donkey represents the stubborn will of Israel. Praise God. Now, the Jewish people had the law, but they did not know their Messiah. Praise God. I want to Draw your attention to Luke 19, verse 41 and 42. It says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Why do you think Jesus wept? Because Jerusalem is known as the city of unbelief. There were many uh, of miracles that Jesus did everywhere, but in the city of Jerusalem, only a few miracles were done. And there were times that Jesus had to remove people oh, yes. out of the room yes. because their lack of faith yes. interrupted the move of God. I'm going to keep it real in here because I cannot lie. There were some miracles that took place right here in this room, but the lack of faith in some, the spectators, I'm telling you the truth. I need to be, I need to be more of a student in this ministerial, because some of y'all, I should have told you, go to the fellowship hall, leave some of y'all, because as people are walking around the room, people are going, <gasps> and the fear and the doubt and the unbelief leaped onto the people and leaped everywhere. And <laughs> you know, when Jesus went to raise the little girl, Jarius's daughter, did he not kick out everybody? He said, You, 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 out. Out, you, 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 out, go to the courtyards, go play soccer, go get a cheeseburger, go get an ice cream, get out, leave, go do something, read a book, go go play Xbox, do something, but get out of the room because this little girl is gonna live, hallelujah. And then when he went into the room, he said, Tali Takumi, little girl, arise, hallelujah. Romans 14, it says, there are those whose faith is weak. And they can only eat vegetables. But there are others whose faith is stronger. They eat everything. Praise God. He says, don't look down on those that have weaker faith. Instead, help them. Build them up. Romans 14, read it. It's there. Amen. Help them. Build them up so that they can enjoy all the fruit of God, all the blessings of God. Remember, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could tell the mountain to go and throw itself in the sea. But... When there's time of ministry, sometimes people got to be exiting out the room. That's the truth. Jesus wept. He said, this is the city of God. This is where the Pharisees, the the leaders, the teachers of the law, the teachers of Israel are here. What have you done? What kind of discipleship plan? What kind of teaching have you done where the people can't even recognize their king? People are so full of unbelief, they're so skeptical. Let's go to verse 42 If you had known, even you, especially in this day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For two thousand years, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. Have missed their Messiah. They have missed the time of their visitation. And because of that, there was a time of the Gentiles. And we now are engrafted into this covenantal promise that the Lord made with Abraham. We are not to look down on our Jewish brothers and sisters. Instead, we are to pray for them. Pray that God will remove the blinders from their eyes. Remove the scales from their eyes. But they are the root. Make no mistake, we are the branches. They are the roots. The church is incomplete without our Jewish brothers and sisters. God said he will bless those that bless them. You bless them in your prayer. You bless them. Don't talk about them. Bless them. They're the people of God. And it's because of them that you have been engrafted into the promise of God. The cult. The cult represents the untamed heart of the Gentiles. The donkey represented the Jewish nation. Stubborn. They had the law, but didn't recognize the Messiah. The Gentiles... They didn't know the law. They didn't even know Jesus. They didn't know nothing. They were just untamed. And here God said, disciples, bring them to me. I'm going to tame both of them. I'm going to ride on their back. And I'm going into the city of God with both of them right into the city, the very presence of God. Jesus is Lord over the Jew. Jesus is Lord over the Gentile. And one day we're all going into the celestial kingdom of God. And the disciples were the ones that were told to bring those unbroken, hardened by sin, bring them to Jesus. That means Jesus would have them in complete submission. Submission, the very picture of Jesus on a cult is a picture of submission to cult, submitting to the Lordship of Christ. And he says, I'm coming into the city. And he's going to come in and set up his kingdom. And let me tell you one day, in the name of Jesus, and that day is coming very soon, Jesus is going to ride in again. But this time, it ain't going to be on the back of a colt or a donkey. It's going to be on a white horse. Hallelujah. Revelations 19. 11 through 16, he will have eyes of fire. Hallelujah. He will have a sword and his name will be written, King of kings and Lord of lords, faithful and true. His robe will be dipped in the blood. And this time he's coming with the armies of heaven, dressed in fine white linen. That means you and me, church, the righteous, the redeemed, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He's coming back and he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth. Glory to God. Number two, the crowd. The multitude spread their garments on the road before Jesus. The multitudes also cut down palm branches. They placed them on the road. They waved palms and clothing on the street, and they were celebrating. It was pageantry. It was a royal uh, celebration. Colorful rugs, colorful jackets which is a sign of humility and servitude. When you throw your jacket on the floor, you, you remember as a kid growing up and you see a little boy and a little girl walking and there's a puddle and the little boy would take off his jacket and throw it on the floor and the little girl would say, how sweet, and she'd walk, walk on the little blankie. But it was a sign of servitude, of submission, and it was a sign of protection. When you lay down your clothing on the street and you allow someone to walk on it, it's saying, I'm under you. I'm subservient to you. I submit to your lordship over me. They were saying, Hosanna to the son of David. We submit to you. At first, it was a reception. Praise and honor for the new king. Palm branches everywhere and clothing everywhere. Blessed be the King. Blessed be the King in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Our King has arrived. He will save us from the, the persecutions of the Romans. He will save us from the rule of our leaders. Our salvation is at hand. Luke nineteen thirty eight. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. These people knew their word. They knew the prophesied uh, uh, fulfillment that the king would ride in on a colt right into the city. They knew it. But how fickle we become. How fickle we can be with our praise. We can so quickly turn on God at the drop of a dime. And guess what? We could turn on each other like the drop of a dime. All the pastor has to do is say one word. I could preach here for 15 years, but I say one thing that you don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Delete. So fickle. We throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's so fickle. We're just like the politicians. We point the fingers at the politicians. You did, and they show video. This is what you said three years ago, this is what you said today. Totally flip flop. But we're no better. That's why Jesus refers to us as sheep. We celebrate today and we curse God tomorrow. The Bible says, out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. The cheers become jeers, the blessing becomes booze, the hosanna in the highest. Becomes hatred. And we start shouting. Crucify him. Crucify him. We want Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. They don't even know Barabbas. They'd rather take a stranger. Crown him with glory. And then five days later. Crucify him. The stages of the king. Where betrayal. Beating crucifixion with them the children let's talk about the children verses 12 through 16 Jesus is walking in the children see the parade but they also see the Jews get get, uh, uh, corrected in the temple Jesus cleansing the temple saying this house shall be called a house of prayer my father's house is a house of prayer. They see the king of kings. They see him heal the blind and the lame right after he cleansed the temple. They see the anger and hatred of Jesus' enemies. Guess what? You know who the enemies of Christ were? The church folks. It wasn't the world. The world was cool with him walking in and healing people. It was the church folk. The church folk that said, man, we got to stop this brother. He's showing us up. Right. We don't have that kind of power. We can't deliver demons. We can't heal the sick. We can't. We, we're going to lose our job. We're going to be replaced. And my house is the best on the block. I ain't trying to lose that. You think I want to lose this Rolls Royce in the driveway? They started to plot. And the children seen it. The children seen the anger of the religious folk and the praises of the people. But none of it deterred them. They had greater wisdom than all the people. Listen, we need to stop getting distracted by the culture. We need to stop listening to the lies of people, the media, and those that don't even matter. The Bible says the kingdom of God belongs to the little children of God. For such is the kingdom. What did the children do? They cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. That means they knew that he was the Christ. And they said nothing that goes on right now can change that. He is our god our messiah our christ and the pharisees in verse 16 they said don't you hear what they're saying the haters haters (laughs) and jesus yes have you never read can you imagine the lord telling a teacher of the word of god haven't you ever read did you skip that part did you skip over that verse haven't you ever read that out of the mouths of babes you have perfected praise. Wow. I love what he said after that. He said, no, I can't tell him to shut up. If I don't, if I tell him to shut up, that I get to use that ugly picture once a year. Come on, let me, let me put it up there. Praise God. If I don't, if I tell him to stop the rocks, the stones would cry out the praises of the living God. Listen. Not heaven, not earth, nothing was going to stop the triumphant entry of our Lord Jesus Christ into the city of God. All right, let me take it off before my wife loses herself. Hallelujah. Praise God. Saints of God, it's so very important to raise up your sons and daughters in the fear and admonition. Of the Lord we need to pray more for our children there's a great need to cover our children with the Word of God with the washing of the water of the word the Lord takes pleasure and praises in the children in their worship it's pure it's holy it's innocent it's precious they worship God in spirit and in truth there's no falsity in the worship of a child My wife was talking earlier, Sophia, the little dancer. She, every time I see her, it brings joy and tears to my eyes. That little girl is anointed. Praise God. She's got such an anointing on her life. And you can just say, Sophia, just take the flag. All right, all right, I got it, I got it. I look like a big old green tent up here. Hallelujah. (laughs) But she worships God with her soul. If you look at her face, even her expression, she brings joy to my life. I see her little beautiful face, and she's worshiping God. And we look at her, and we go, go ahead, girl. Go ahead, girl. Do your thing, girl. She's worshiping God. She should inspire all of us. Praise God. On the three days to victory, the dancers, they did a song, and they started handing out flags to people. And people were just up here worshiping, and the presence of God just And they're just worshiping God. Listen, you may not be the most talented dancer. Lord knows I ain't one. Hallelujah. But worship God from the core, from the depth of your soul. Stop worrying about the time and this and that, or who's laughing at me? I'm singing off-key, off-pitch. Did not Jesus receive the two minas, the little, the little pieces from the widow? Yeah. She gave everything she had. And the Pharisee came in there with his big bag of gold. And Jesus said, who do you think? What offering did the Lord receive? Yeah. It was the widow. She had two minas. It was a fraction of a penny. But that's all she had. And she gave it all. She didn't hold nothing back. She gave it all. There's an illustration of a little girl that learned in in, in her Sunday school class that we're supposed to give all of ourselves to the Lord, die to self, our whole self. And at the time when she came back outside and the ushers were bringing around the offering plate, the little girl said, hold on, I have an offering. And and the the, the usher gave her the plate and she put it on the floor and she stepped inside. And she stepped inside. She stepped inside the offering plate. What You know what she did? She gave herself unto God in her innocence, in her mind. How many of us are willing to say, Lord, I'm all in. I don't care anymore. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm going to step into the boat. I'm going to step into the boat. It's going to break. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm all in. I'm all in, Jesus. The children are innocent. We're supposed to protect our children. Yes. You know, I, I I call it Papa Patrol. Whenever I'm on babysitting duty with my grandchildren, my wife and I, Papa Patrol, not a patrol. But when I'm with my grandkids and my wife knows and everybody who see me, I turn into a big old baby. I could care less. I don't. They get boogers on me, snot, spit, milk, vomit. It's all good. Praise God. Those are battle scars. Those are trophies. Sometimes I want to hang up the shirt. Look it, I had an awesome day. It's got vomit, boogers, everything on there. Look at that. I'm a proud papa. I love my, my grandchildren. Let them wipe their fingers on my shirt. It don't matter. My wife will clean it. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness, brother? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, that was lame. That was lame. Because some of y'all are going to get in trouble if you say yes to that one. Hallelujah. You're going to go home and get in trouble. I'll give you a pass on that one. Hallelujah. But you know what? It's a second chance for me. Because AJ will tell you, I made many mistakes. Fran and I, we made many mistakes. But now I get to relive. I get a do-over. I get a second chance to pour in Jesus Christ into my grandchildren. And that's why nothing matters. Nothing matters, but this is is teaching them to be noble, to be Hallelujah. pure, to walk righteously, to love truth, to be honest, to be with integrity, to live a godly example. And guess what? To do it by example. Yes. 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 My little granddaughter. We went to a birthday party the other day, and when we were sitting down, everybody starts sitting. She goes, "Wait, Dad, we didn't pray yet. We said amen to that." And then her dad said, go ahead, mama, you pray. And she starts saying, Jesus loves you. She sang a prayer song, hallelujah. But she, she sings that song every week. Every time they have a meal, she's leading the family in prayer. My little kid. Why do I bring this up? Because the world is after your children. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up, hallelujah. I'm not talking about being woke, Hallelujah. We don't do woke in this house. Hallelujah. Wake up. They're after your kids. They're trying to indoctrinate and pervert our children. And I'm going to say this as lovingly as I can. Yeah, you might as well buckle up. This one's going to hurt. But this is the truth, and the truth is going to make you free. If you are a parent in this room, And you are buying in to the indoctrination garbage that they're putting out in our kindergarten rooms, in curriculums, and all that. Shame on you. Repent in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you don't like me, it's okay. There's the door. Praise God. If you're buying a dress, do you know that Target right now, our Target, local Target, has dresses and tutus in the boys' section. And do you know that Target now has, uh, I don't know what it's called, a, a bra that pushes your breast down and squash them. Uh, it's some kind of a binding bra. So if you are a young lady developing and you think you're a boy, the parents can now buy, buy a binding bra so you can look more like a boy. If you are a parent and you're buying boys underwear for a girl, you repent a in the name of Jesus. If you are a parent and you're buying dresses for a boy and lipstick and wigs and you allow your kids to play dress up, you are perverting the wholesomeness, the purity of your child. And you need to repent in the name of Jesus. Listen, God didn't call me up here to play patty cake with you people. It's to tell the truth. And they're after your kids. When you got a drag queen coming into your children's kindergarten class and their junk falls out of the package there. And they go, oops, my bad, and they shove it back in. You want your kids seeing that? This is what's happening now. Mates, isn't there some class that's now got a a, a drag queen coming? Yes. It was yesterday. Listen, how many are praying for mates? Yes. Yes. Mothers against the schemes of the enemy. We got a department here. We come against that. Yes. When she rallies the troops, I don't care if you're a grown-up and you don't have no more kids. We need to support the mates. Yes. Let's get on the school property with some picket signs and say, not in our town. Yes. Nope, we don't play that. Amen? Amen. When you go out and you do those things, you call on the people of God and we'll come and we'll support you. I'll be the first one out there in Jesus name. We got to put an end to this foolishness. These are mental disorders brought upon by the enemy. And then there are parents just pushing it all. They'll figure it out. Let me give you a quote. And stop manifesting because, you know, some people say, oh, he's conservative, he's pushing politics. I ain't pushing politics. These are facts. Amen? I put his picture because this is his name, this is his quote. I can't take credit for this quote. Amen? Benny Johnson, he wrote, and he came under hellfire for this, but it's true. The Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary. The Denver shooter identified as trans the Aberdeen shooter identified as trans the Nashville shooter identified as trans one thing is very clear the modern trans movement is radicalizing activists into terrorists you can't argue with facts there's demonic infiltration in our culture. This is the word demonology. I'm currently doing a study on demonology, which I'm going to release soon. But demons are disembodied spirits that need a body to host. For example, a blaspheming demon needs a tongue in order to blaspheme with, a violent demon needs a body in order to create and participate in violence. Demons, by the way, never work alone. They always come in with two or more reinforcing each other. They must have heard the word where Jesus said, go out two by two. And these demons, these groupings, they all lead up to the ultimate goal, which is the strong man demon. So for example, demons of Anger and hate and rage and wrath and violence and rebellion and brutality. All these groupings lead up to the ultimate strongman, murder. The sex demon, lust, pornography, masturbation, sexually illicit behavior, homophobias and all these other things and fantasies lead up to the strongman, adultery. And I can go on and on. But these are all patterns of demonic activity. Do you think these trans kids grew up on day one and said, I'm a boy or I'm a girl? No. It was indoctrination. Just like children are not born racist. That's taught in the house. This is what must have happened to the trans shooter that took out three adults and three children in a Christian School. And this is how these demons gain access. Pharmakia. Revelations 18.23. It says, and this is our time, here we are, all nations will be deceived by your pharmakia. Pharmakia is where we get the word pharmacy, where our medications are prescribed. The spirit of pharmakia, which is witchcraft, rebellion, and sorcery, Mm -hmm. it's producing evil and triggering radicalization and violence in our young children. There's a a kid named Jazz Jennings, was born a boy, and they have a, a program on TLC Network called I Am Jazz. This is a young male child indoctrinated at four years old by her parents, To follow the goal of being a girl. They should have been teaching her other things, but not that she was a a girl trapped in a boy's body. And now she went. She was the youngest person in the history of the world that has undergone a sex change operation. And right now, her life is ruined. And her disgraceful parents, they should be put in jail and there 's a, a program where uh, listen i 'm not going to get too graphic because we 're in the house of God, but you guys are adults, amen, yes. but because the human body is so fearfully and wonderfully made, god doesn 't make mistakes, no. but because they they mutilated her male organ and tried to turn it into a female organ, the body now, because there was some complications, now they had to do a second surgery, and now The body is trying to heal itself. And so the place that was now opened up is now trying to seal itself up. She will die if she's not able to perform her digestive bowel movements and things like that. So now she has to have what's called a dilator, an instrument, and she has to sleep with it every night for the rest of her life so that it would prevent the body from healing itself. And now she's like, I don't want to do it. It hurts. It's painful. It hurts. The mother says, if you don't do it, and this is on TV, okay? If you don't do it, I'm going to wake you up and I'm going to stick it in there myself. You should be put in prison. You should be locked up. Matthew eighteen six. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him if a milestone a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus. Matthew 18:10 Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones for I say to you that in their heaven that in heaven their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Wow. Pornographers are coming after your children. Parents, you think it's cute to give your kid a cell phone? You better put some filters on there. You better put some blockers and all kinds of stuff. And you should monitor your children's time on that phone. TikTok is coming after your children. The government is coming after your children. Public schools are after your children. How about this? Pedophiles are after your children. And they're trying to make nicey-nicey. They don't like the word pedophile because it's such an ugly word. So we'll now call it MAPS. Minor Attracted Person Syndrome. Teach Lord. Video gamers are after your kids. TV programs. Did you know that the Little Mermaid, I just found this out. I don't listen to a rap on the, the world. I don't listen to no secular music. But apparently, the, the woman that was hired to make uh, the the movie Little Mermaid is a witch, a satanic witch, a rapping bonafide witch. Her album clearly states that she herself calls herself a witch, and she's the one that they chose to do, the Little Mermaid. Can you imagine? But Disney's been demonic for years. I ain't telling you something you don't know. Crazy demonic. Music, media, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, of course, Disney, and on and on. They're all after your kids. Parents, you need to be watchmen on the wall. You need to say, not my house, not my kids. Oh, no. Hands off. Stand watch. Keep watch. Monitor their phones. Monitor their friends. Monitor their activities. Get involved in their precious little lives. Make the time. Don't make excuses because the vultures are gathering for your kids. The children know who their God is. They cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. I saw this beautiful post on social media. This mother said, tell me in a certain way how you know your kid is not part of the culture. And... and This little girl was sitting on her bed reading a book, and the mother came in and said, What does non binary mean? Little girl said, I don't know. Uh, What does uh, trans mean? And this thing. She started asking her all these culture questions, loaded. (laughs) What is your pronoun? I don't know what you're talking about, mom. They said, Who is the Savior? Jesus Christ. Who is the light of the world? Jesus Christ. How do you get free? You repent of your sin. She started going down. This is a woman who, and as she's asking the question, going, my kid right there. Uh-huh, listen. listen, this is how we got to raise our kids. Shield them from the things of this world. There's nothing wholesome out there. The kids know. First John 2.18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Right. Even now, many Antichrists have come. By which we know that this is the last hour. 1 John 2, 22 through 23. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Many people think that they have not denied Christ. They say to you, I believe in Jesus. I do. I do believe he is God. Well, Great. Even the demons believe that that there is a God. The demons believe, and they shake and they shudder. But I tell you the truth. If you are not a servant of God, a follower of Jesus, you have already denied the Lord. You have already denied the faith. You have already become a child of disobedience. Some people might say, well... I do want to serve God, but right now, I just feel like such a hypocrite. I'm so dirty. I'm so vile. I'm so corrupt. I don't want to go to church until I get right. Listen, you come to church to get right. You're next to all jacked up people. Hallelujah. Led by a jacked up pastor. Praise God. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I always tell people, I don't want to go to church. Too many hypocrites. Yeah, there's always room for one more. Amen. All right. I'd rather go to church with a few hypocrites than end up in hell with all the hypocrites. Amen. 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 Let me blow up your theology just for a moment. Amen. Amen. Boom. The thief on the cross. Uh-huh. He never went to church. Right. He never took part of communion. He was never baptized. He never even stepped foot in a synagogue. He probably would steal the cup from the synagogue. He will steal the toilet paper and the soap from the men's bathroom up in here. He'll look in your purse while you're worshiping God. But he recognized on that tree, he said, man, A whole life of thievery, a whole life of abusing people. I probably stole from my own mother. And on the cross, he's repentant. And he looks at him and notice what he calls Jesus. He knows. He said, Lord, Lord, remember me when you go into your kingdom. He knew he didn't deserve mercy. He was getting just punishment for his sin. That's right. He even told the other homie with him. Hey man, we deserve this. We're getting just punishment for our sin. But this man, he did nothing wrong. Lord, please remember me. And what did Jesus say as he's gasping for breath? As he's hanging, bloodied and beaten and battered. He said, behold. This very day, you shall be with me in paradise. Hallelujah! Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah! Oh God! Hallelujah! Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Like the thief on the other side, he rejected the king, and his, sa- his fate was sealed. But we, many of us, even now in this very room, there'll be some of you today that will reject the love of Christ. Even now. Many will celebrate all that God has done. Thank you, Lord, for healing my cousin, Junebug. Thank you for making Papo's eyes open again so he can see. But the minute he tells you, repent. The minute he says, forgive your brother. The minute he holds you to a higher standard and he says, be holy for I am holy. The next words out of your mouth are crucify, crucify, give us Barabbas, speak to the hand. We say things like we will not have this man to reign over us. I'll give you the Ebonics version. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I go to church if I want to go to church. Can't nobody make me go to church. Ain't nobody going to make me do nothing I don't want to do. That's what they're saying. Ain't nobody going to rule over me. You know who's the Lord of my kingdom? Me, myself, and I. The false trinity. The king that rode into Jerusalem and rode into heaven. It's going to come back one day. And he's going to ride. Yes, he's the Prince of Peace. But he's also the Lord of War. And he's the God of mercy. He's the God of love. But he is also consuming fire. And he says, I will not contend with man forever. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ. These are the red letters in your Bible. Luke 19, 26 through 27. This is the God who ain't playing. He says... For I say to you, that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, I hope that wasn't for you. Praise God. That's scary. I hope that word wasn't for you. Praise God. Woo, I don't want that one for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, Lord. Those who reject the king were brought before the king and slayed in front of the king. Jesus was trying to show his disciples of what the kingdom of God is going to be like on that day. It will be game over. There will be no more time to prepare. No more time to repent. It will be your sudden destruction. Death shall come upon you and then the second death. Dr. William Culbertson said Calvary was not God's afterthought. It was his forethought. Jesus came riding into Jerusalem right on time turn your name say right on time time. (laughs) and he's also coming again right on time time. time. hallelujah Hallelujah. jesus our lord fulfilled the scriptures all the scriptures are fulfilled he fulfilled his birth in bethlehem he fulfilled the virgin birth he uh, uh his rejection from men according to isaiah his substitutionary death for mankind the hands and feet that were pierced they cast a Allots for his clothing. All these prophecies and then much more. They mocked him. They scourged him. They spit on him. They killed him. And on the third day, he rose again. Saints of God, I'm telling you the truth. And this is the very heart of the gospel of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. I'll give you the picture at home, my love. For I delivered to you, 1 Corinthians 15. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Our Lord is all that he said he was. He is all that the word says he is. The people of Israel missed their holy visitation. I'm coming to my close. Sister Donna, you can come forward. They missed their appointment with the king. And for the past 2,000 plus years, I don't know of any other nation on planet earth that has suffered as much as our Jewish people, our brothers and sisters, the chosen people of God have suffered. They are the most suffered people on earth. But even still, God has blessed them. Jesus didn't miss his appointment. He kept it right on time. And he gave us a hope and a future. He kept his appointment and he fulfilled the will of his father. And he is coming back again for all those who believe and receive him as Lord and Savior. Do not let his sacrifice be wasted time or wasted potential for you. Come to the cross. Jesus wants to have a Palm Sunday ride into your own heart. He wants you to lay your burdens down, cast your cares upon him. Jesus wants to be your king today, your ruler, your kinsman redeemer. Will you provide open access Will you open the gates of your city? Or will you harden your heart today and shout out, crucify him? We shall not let him reign over me. Think about that. God bless you, saints of the most high. Praise the living God.
0: We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845 956 0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.